Hi, welcome to In My Outdoors. Uh, today we have an interview with the co-founders of ThruDuck, uh, a brand created by an outdoor brand created by two UK Special Forces operators. I do feel we should be doing this interview in black and white because um, everything that the guys do is in black and white. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but guys, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, nobody's been blindfolded for this. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm Louis, one of the co-founders. Yeah, um, Stas, yeah, the, uh, the other co-founder. Um, both, uh, as you suggested, military backgrounds, um, pretty similar time frame. <clears throat> I was um, 13 years total, my first three in the, in the Royal Marines. Uh, my last 10 were, were spent down, down in Poole in the, uh, in the Special Boat Service. Yeah, and um, I was similar amount of time, actually. So, yeah, uh, probably 14 years total, and then, yeah, eight years in uh, Special Forces. So, I mean, Stas have known each other for, for quite some time now, so probably 15 years. Yeah, I kind of met in uh, Fort, Forty uh, Commando Bravo Company. Um, first thing we were off to kind of mountain uh, um, mountain training up in Scotland. Uh, that's where I kind of first met Louis in the core. I think you were probably six months before me, maybe yeah. something like that. Um, and then yeah, kind of a couple of years in Bravo Company, uh, and then we kind of sort of separated at that point. I think you went SFSG, and then I was kind of translating um, uh, some pieces, and then I went on selection. I think you were maybe a year or two after after me and, and joining the SBS. Okay. So does that, did it, when you went back, or when you went down the pool, both of you that pool, did you kind of, were you back together again, or were you separated within the unit, or? Uh, we were in different squadrons at the time. So, yeah, I mean, Stas, uh, Stas was different different squadron to me when I first joined, but then uh, I passed across again, so we actually came back into the squadron that I joined. So, yeah, there's a bit of interaction there. Yeah. So when did the seed of Through Dark start? Yes, we actually um, we run a training training evolution out in uh, the states in Blythe. So it's uh, like a free fall parachuting kind of course. And um, I was at a stage where I knew my military career was probably coming towards an end because I was getting a military discharge. Uh, so we just started talking about options really, and I think me and Stas, you know, we know that. We could have gone into the kind of security industry and done some personal protection, some bodyguarding, or or anything like that, really. But we didn't really want to go down that that avenue. So yeah, we started thinking about alternatives and and, and what we could do, really. So yeah, it's all about the kit and equipment. As all good plans are formulated as well, probably after over a couple of beers, <laughs> um, as these things do. But I think you, you know what it's like, Dave. You've had experience in the military. I think. From the outside looking in, even within the inner circle of, of the Marines, for instance, you know, you see the SF guys and, you know, they are generally speaking the rock stars of the military. They're dripping in all the best kit and equipment, yeah. what seems like an unlimited budget, you know, from weapons, optics, helmets, plate carriers to clothing. And I think, you know, we've always been quite kit pesty, you know, yeah. most operate are kit pests, but yeah. then you have kit pests within the kit pests, you know, I was sort of sniper background and we've always kind of take taken you know pride in our appearance how we looked and kind of yeah. how uh, you know everything from the, how the weapon looks to, to, to you personally and how you operate you know look good feel good and all that sort of stuff and i think it was on that exercise there we were literally jumping out and you know i won't name the brand that we were using at the time but high-end gear and you know and we were still critical of how it was performing and zips blowing and pocket placement and it just wasn't configured correctly with our our kind of body armor and bits and pieces and trousers and all sorts of sort of shenanigans that you, you encounter at 18,000 feet um, in a snotty mess. And I think it was at that stage, you know, like Louis suggested, we, you know, 
we we kind of wanted to close myself personally, you know, speak for Louis to kind of close that chapter, you know, I had a great career, fantastic career, you know, did a lot of things within that kind of 10 years, especially within the SBS and, you know, probably used up all of our nine lives, um, you know, between us. And I think, you know, the usual transition is into, into kind of private security, but it just wasn't floating my boat, really. The wind was out of the sails and it was kind of, right, let's, let's put it to bed. And I think we've said before, you attach a lot of your identity to, you know, is it, it, around that special forces, isn't it? And, and there's a lot of guys do struggle with that segue into, into kind of civilian life and, and, and transition. And for us, it was all about doing something that we were passionate about, that we enjoyed doing you know, that we could do together as well um, as friends. And I think this kind of clothing part, it just, it started. And I think we, we kind of utilised that military planning and preparation. We've got a long-term borrow whiteboard still to this day from work. You know, we started fucking jotting all the stuff down. And I think it was from there that we, we started really kind of thinking about what this could look like. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the, the ideas and the preparation is great, but how does it then become the physical? How does it become the building you're sat in now and the clothes you're wearing now? And how difficult is that? That must be difficult. I can't imagine that was an easy. Yeah, it's graft. I think it's graft. It's just getting your balls in your hands and just getting stuff done. I think, um, yeah, it's, we've been around the world twice, spoke to everyone once. It's always, you know, the, the way we spin it. And it's like, we ended up in China trying to get the kit made there and just it, it, it was a constant graft to try and get the, get the stuff to the standard that it is right now. But yeah, a, a lot of hard work, really. I think another analogy is just fucking the dartboard analogy of just throwing fucking darts at the dartboard <laughs> and you know, you know, bullseye and uh, yeah. fact, we must have thrown fistful of darts. You know, just hope you don't run out of darts. That's right. You know, you just keep fucking, yeah. keep playing. And yeah. we were relentless, really. We were just, we just kept fucking going and going, not happy with this and it got to a point where we were getting samples through that, that were okay. And I think Louis always coined the phrase, that'll do, we'll never do. And, and I'm glad we did that. You know, we had the idea of where we wanted to sit, you know, in terms of quality, function, and everything else. And I think one of the things that kind of makes us unique in some respect is that, you know, we design, develop, and test all of our own gear ourselves. It's us. It's Louis, you know, um, fortunately, I can't draw for shit, but Louis, you know, quite... Uh, really good at the kind of tech side on, on the iPads and initially really I say lean team it was just me and Louis and then we would get introduced to a factory through a, a British designer Jeff Griffin that we knew um, and then we kind of parted ways and, and and we were understanding that process then through 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 the process you know by manufacturing by sampling and tweaking and changing and you know speaking to the pattern cutters understanding technology and fabrics and zips and buttons and mm. you've just got to fucking immerse yourself in in that yeah. world and yeah, really yeah. understand it be a pest i think we kind of pick things up quite quickly as well i think you know t trying to learn learn first time you know you make one mistake and you don't make it again and i think that's that's the kind of people that we ask, you know, it's learning new skill sets pretty quickly and being able to adapt and, you know, improvise where we can just to make things work. So, yeah. And I think, you know, we've been, what, what's different now to, you know, rewind 10 or 15 years ago, there's, you know, it's, it's access to information, you know, yeah. brands that have taken 20, 30, 40, 50 years to establish, you know, it must be quite difficult for them to see other brands come through and really, you know, blow up quickly through social media platforms, through engagement, through um, advertising and, 
uh, and it is those platforms, you know, that have allowed us to kind of reach a wider audience and and to stay in the business for the growth, you know, and and to keep churning and to keep developing and uh, from there. So I think it's that um, that's what's it has, it has helped us, you know, and having a really close, valuable, you know, network of people that we can rely on and friends ultimately that have been kind of really really good for us and helping us to kind of push and promote the brand as well. Um, yeah, that and a lot of a lot of zip pulling and fabric sniffing, I think, has been. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the majority of it, yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. Oh, good. So, well, I did notice, and it was it was wonderful. Obviously, your price point is a premium price point, um, and I was going to talk to you about that. But one thing I did notice that you talked about China a second ago, but there's pretty much, and I've not looked at every single thing on the website, but it, none of it doesn't none none of it's made in China. There's a lot Portugal, Italy. Yeah, not a Far East, and, and there's a few reasons for that. That's not to say that the manufacturing quality is not good enough in the Far East, because it definitely is. Some of the products that do get made out there are fantastic, but I think in the first instance, the you know the level that we were at and the numbers that we were trying to do for for our production runs, we, we were never going to get into the best factories that there is in the world, or or in Asia, or anywhere else. And I think. Um, for, it was kind of we chose we chose to to work in Italy for a few reasons because the quality was fantastic and and the numbers were kind of down and we built up a good relationship there so that was the main thing, um so that's why we we started and we still we're still there right now we've got we've got that relationship there it's it's almost like family with the guys that we work with across there and we know that the quality is going to be good. I think yeah, just to touch on the point of the price point thing and and, and high price point because it's. It's a barrier to market for us, and generally speaking, because we're a direct consumer business, you know, we can. It's up to us to present our product beautifully via the website or social media. And generally speaking, once people get a hold of our stuff and test it, they're like, "I get it. I understand it now. It's it, it's fantastic." I think at the time for us, we didn't want to be held back from uh, a budget restraint point of view in terms of making a garment. Whenever we set out to make something, right, we want to make the best fucking go to, go hard anywhere, fucking trousers in the world. What we don't want to do is say, well, you can do that, guys, but what you have, is you're limited here for your fabrics, and you can only use this fabric that's fucking four pound a meter, uh, and you can only use those fucking zips that are, well, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. For us, we were like, what's the best materials that we can use and we can find? And mm -hmm. even the factory in Italy, you know, a high-end factory, we're kind of looking at us like, you fucking guys are crazy. You know, you're putting... The, you're lining your jackets with the most expensive fucking fabrics you can find here and because it's the best stuff it's the best quality we weren't cutting corners we were not cutting corners anywhere and i think people would be genuinely shocked to think to see our our actual pure product margin you know we, we're not in a, in a place right now where we can uh, we can wholesale or retail we're, we're not um you know that's why it kind of work it's working at the moment because we are a, a dtc business so it's it sometimes is frustrating for people because they'll come in and see the price of a, of a garment, but they don't understand the process. And it's not their fault. You know, it's mm -hmm. probably us to maybe educate people more through the website or through social media. It's not that fucking simple. You know, people see something and go, I don't get it. Why is this fucking this much? And yeah. I, I don't understand. It's exactly that. Understanding, you know, economies of scale and processes and fabrics and minimum orders and, and, and manufacturing smaller numbers in a high-end, you know, Italian factory. And for us, it feels like we're doing it the right way, you know. And 
just to touch on what Louis said as well, you know, we could get this stuff made cheaper. We could make it cheaper, you know, in Far East factories, you know, hands down. But we'd lose the quality and we'd lose the integrity. And from a sustainability and ethical point of view, that doesn't sit right with us. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we, we use this one quite a bit as well. It's like people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. It's like really understanding how, how a product's built from, from, from the ground up. And it's like we're not cutting any corners here. We do everything ourselves, all the fabric sourcing. Like we make sure it's the best fabrics that go into it, it's the best labour that could go into it, and the best craft craftsmanship that you could possibly go into a garment. You know, the best technical capabilities of of the factory in itself. You know, we don't we don't scrimp on any of that. It's the best distribution service that we can deliver, and the marketing. And you know, we we still got to make make some sort of money as well. You know, you can't not take a wage. So. Um, a lot of hidden competency, yeah. isn't there? You know, yeah. with, with the business as well, business rates and staff, website development, photography, yeah. video. There's a lot of costs, a lot of costs associated with running a business. And I think people that are in the business know, and you get the the, the knowing nod of "it's yeah, fucking yeah. easy," and it's not. You so know, I think that's why um, I asked the question, so that you would, you know, you had that platform to put that across. Because yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm kind of an industry i know i know what it takes to i've been to gold texas factory i've been to places with, that make it so i know what i know what goes into it. i spoke to designers before and that's what that that was the, the the answer i was expecting um because you can see it and and even if you just browse the comment or the reviews on your website you can see that, that people when people get the kit they're, they're more than willing to um to to review it and give you a uh, give you some feedback on it which from what I could see so far, it's all positive. What are the what are the negative points then? What what is it that what's the challenge? Uh, the challenge is right now is is kind of the growth thing, and it, we've never been ones to chase margin or anything else. But it's economies of scale, and you want you do want to be you know we want to be the best at what we at what we do. You know, at, at the moment at this time is outdoor equipment suitable for the mountain, and we've got to branch out for. For other avenues, you know, whether that be amphibious kit or luggage or footwear or whatever else, but it's those growth problems really from a business perspective and, and trying to just open up the doors to do new kit. But that comes at you know a bit of a risk taking uh, to some degree. You know, if we if you try and release a new product that's just kind of not aligned to what you currently do, is you know we don't know how it's going to go. I mean, the, the ones that we've released recently is kind of the, the fitness range, which we're, we're plugging quite a bit and we're still developing that. And then we've got some more plans in the future for luggage and footwear. So yeah. wetsuit, ski range, other bits and pieces. And I think for me personally, that transition from the military into business, it, it, it uh, you know, we've enjoyed it. I say enjoyed it. It's fucking, it's hard. You know, it, it's right. difficult, isn't it? You know, trying to, you know, do everything. And thankfully now we're just getting to a point at year three of having super competent people now helping us as part of the business and the growth people in the right places you know product masters uh, designers great photographers and other people as well that are now taking the slack for us which now gives me and louis a bit more space and time and energy and effort to really focus on the things that you know that, that we want to focus on which is great this is good for us but another one for me was probably practicing fucking patience you know and it, <laughs> Understanding that everybody works at the same pace as you or with the same intensity and tenacity, which is it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I still find that now, but yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so so you mentioned design earlier, Louis, and, and how you, or Stas mentioned, you get a bit geeky with your iPad and stuff. How, how How's your designing developed since the beginning? Do you, do you know, yeah, from, from the start, it's, it's always kind of, 
been sketches and it's like uh, I've been, I kind of I take creative but I, yeah. I've been all right and I'm just trying to express myself with some some ideas you know and it, I'm, and it, I'm I'm capable but it's not it's not sexy stuff you know we've made it work uh, and 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 that's that's stood the test of time for the first two years but we've always had people on hand to help us we had a great pattern cutter so that's the person that you know who's actually put the product together and they're able to translate what the ideas that are in, in your head from your sketches and everything else but i think it's a collaborative effort now and we, i think we've been reluctant to use a specific designer because the ideas have got to come from me and stars you know it's it's what we think and yeah. and being able to utilize people like like ben who's who's our product master and he's got the technical capabilities he knows how a garment should be put together so he'll understand it a lot better than i can mm-hmm. and then somebody who can actually draw like a lot better than i can so, so that translation is easy between us and a factory the factory right now has been working with us for some time so they get it you know they get the, the sketches that I can do and they can translate it. But when it comes to new factories and open up new doors, it needs to be a little bit more slicker. So I, I guess that's why we've got the skill sets to rely on now, the people that have come here to really help us do it professionally. To be honest, thank fuck Louis can draw, Davey, because um, I am terrible. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a difficult task for the pattern cutter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I put pen to paper, it'd be fucking nothing short of a miracle. But it's been really good, actually. And that's probably a nice segue into it. For us understanding our own strengths and weaknesses as well within a business and, and, yeah. and how we operate and you know um louis great at the design element the production and and that side of things uh, whereas i'm more the other side of the social media the networking the website marketing side of stuff and it's kind of it kind of worked really well we just kind of naturally fall into into those kind of swim lanes and but still having the ability to stand back and, cr- and cross check each other as you would do you yeah. know on a military operation you still check each other off and you know you know what you're doing but just check me off am i fucking you know i'm at least yeah. heading in the right direction yeah. and you know now we've got a bigger team and more experience we've got more people checking us off and checking each mm. other off and we're building a really good kind of core um, lean team at the moment it's good okay so has there been has there been any kind of friction between the two of you in the business in like, terms of the cross checking yeah i think there is naturally going to be but um it's surprising, you know. We've known each other for such a long time now, and and, and if if we do ever butt heads, it's it's probably just because the fires feel that at a certain time there's a lot of stress build up or whatever else. But I think we are one and the same people. We think very alike, but we're very different as well. It's like a bit of a cliche in itself. It's like Stars has got personality traits that that offer it up to be particularly good at the marketing side of things and the elbow tickling and and I, i'm a bit more subdued and probably a little bit more creative with something so the kind of the working synergy so we're, we're fortunate that we are who we are really and i think for a business standard test of time you've got to be able to butt heads and, and clash and be able to work upon each other pick holes in each other and tell each other when you fuck up you know if you don't then who's checking you off i think yeah that's the true testament of 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 I don't, I don't need yes men around me. I don't want friends that are fucking just, yeah, yeah, you're brilliant. Oh, amazing. Yeah, you, you know, they're no use to man the beast, especially when, you know, when the chips are down. And, and that's what you've got to look at. You know, we all make mistakes. You will fuck up or you have an opinion. And as long as you can step back from the cold faces and go, yeah, fucking hell, no one's going to die. It's only as if, that, you know, I forgot to order or something. You know, it's fuck me. You know, so it's, but, but it happens in all walks of life, doesn't it? And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking smooth seas never made for a skilled sailor, you know? And it's, but that being said, it's been very limited, kind of. Um, generally speaking, it's all good. 
And if he's having a grumpy day, I'll leave him alone. If I'm having a grumpy day, he leaves me alone. But it's yeah, okay. Well, I'd just get him. not just crash it out in the gym behind you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we started jujitsu now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the other thing you've got, and, and you mentioned it before, using friends and uh, and using people you'd know to promote as, as your ambassadors, you've got a fairly uh, mixed and um, strong set of ambassadors. How did they come about? Do you, do you know what? Like we, we discussed this again the other day, and and, and kind of we're thankful. We're thankful for it. Um, we've we've got a good network, and I think we, you build that network from from who you are, and, and you, you, we've kind of earned it to a degree. You know, the people that we know is because of our reputations and what we've done and what we've been through, and you know, and, and the same goes for them. And you know, they're they're reputable in their own rights, and what they've done is, you know, they're, they're high end people. Some of the, you know, some of their careers are just formidable. Um, so I guess you kind of meet through different different situations and you know each other from their backgrounds and your background because because of who you are. And I guess the brand, when you first start, you're trying to you're trying to grow, but you you haven't necessarily got the financial backing to be able to pay people. And people have always been interested in the brand and just wanting to help us out. And because it's, it is it is cool, like, you know, humility aside, it's like. It's a cool brand, and people want to be associated with what we're trying to build here. And, and we don't want to just flippantly like pay somebody and then not have any heart and soul in what we're doing. We want them to come along for the ride and be able to go. Do you know what? I want to come on an expedition. I want to. I want to come and do do the stuff that you do. So, I think we've kind of grown it organically. Um, we've got some cool people around us, and hopefully that will continue to happen. You know, and and just build it like we have been so far. So for you, Lou, you've managed to get uh, an ambassador that's quite close to you on the books. Is it? Is it? Uh, who's got the biggest kudos in your house? The gold, the gold medals, or the UKSF? I've definitely got no gold medals, mate. So I, I, <laughs> I, I, I ain't getting all any pushbacks in any near future, mate. So I'm going to get whipped, aren't I? Mm -hmm. Well, um, you hinted on social media all day. I think it might be news stars that uh, Nims is going to do something. You're going to do something soon with Nims. What's what's happening there? You're going to be kind of yeah, I mean, again, Nims is a super close friend of ours, and you know, um, we were we left at the same time, pretty much. You know, the service, and obviously, he had his idea and goal in mind of, in terms of what he was going to do and set out to do. And you know, we were helping each other from a business perspective and ideas and uh, and networking and open up our little black bucket as much as we could to help out. And you know, we believed him in, in him as well. And you know, at that stage, we were we were designing and developing and testing. And summit suits were a big thing. And you know, uh, for us at the time, it was a case of you know, supporting him, him supporting us. It was it was symbiotic in that in that respect. And you know, he he's such a nice guy. You know, Nims is salt of the earth. You know, there's not many fucking people like. If everybody was like Nims, we'd fucking oh yeah, there'd be no issues, would there? But um, I think for us, it was a case of what can we do? Like Louis said, we can't pay them. We're not. You feel bad, so you know it's kit and clothing. But kit and clothing doesn't put fucking food on your table. You know, so. Now we're in a better position. We can look to support in other ways. So a way that we that we we're going to look to try and do this is to create a through dark 
ex nims die mantra range so a a range of clothing you know three or four select items that have key kind of nims input uh, and you know we can give a bit of give back there for him as well but and it means something to us as well you know he's been along this along this ride and this journey with us and you know he's had some incredible offers already but you know he's loyal and and um you know he's looked after us incredibly well and uh, obviously he remembers that as well because we ultimately before he became Nims die that everybody knows now. You know, there's a lot of naysayers, a lot of fucking people throwing stones. You know, and a lot of people that didn't believe him. You know, and, and you know, we knew who he was and, and what he was capable of. And I think that, you know that mutual respect and trust is, is earned, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so, what's next? Expedition. Well, expedition-wise, what have you got on the cards? What are we doing? What we've got, we've got um, a couple of things we want to do. Uh, we've got to keep this in a bit of hush hush, but um, yeah, we want to do some kind of hot weather clothing. So there's going to be some sort of um, some arid sort of expeditions planned in the near f- future, but that's dependent on um, some product samples and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Stars has probably got some other ones. Yeah, so we've got um, a, a, cl- a client book with NIMS as well, um, potentially around Remembrance Day. Um, okay. Still yet TBC, but that, that's the plan, and that's what we're kind okay. of training for and aiming for at the moment. Cool. Again, depending on current situation, and, and you know, um, we'll cross that bridge when we're from. But that's the plan. Yeah. So there's a bit of hot weather, other bits and pieces, like Louis suggested, with some development kit and equipment, and uh, ski range stuff, and, and and potentially wetsuits and collaboration stuff that we're working with, uh, boots and, and backpacks, and then um, which is all exciting stuff. And then yeah, nip, you know, climbing with nymphs, you know, would be amazing. Um, yeah. Awesome. Lads, uh, I could sit and talk to you probably all day, um, but I know you're busy men and uh, maybe suffering a little bit. So um, it's been really, it's been really good to talk to you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I could talk to you about all, about the brand and uh, and getting on. Um, but yeah, thanks for your time. I know it's valuable. Thank you, baby. Yeah, thank you for speaking. No good, to, good to talk, mate. See you later. Good talk real life. Cheers. <laughs> to speak to Louis and, and Stas there. Uh, I really could have chatted to them longer. Uh, I know they're, they're, they're very passionate and you can hear they're very passionate about what they do with ThruDuck. Um, fortunately, I've been sent a, an SF Zodiac jacket, as you can see there. Um, uh, I've had it out a couple of times. Um, it's a really nice, robust jacket uh, and I'm looking forward to getting it out and, and using it more. But uh, let us know what you think of uh, the interview. Uh, any feedback, let us know. Give us a click, give us a like, and um, we'll catch you on the other side. Cheers, guys.